Hi everyone, this is Arzo with Sexy Boss Babe with episode number three. I just quickly want to touch on quick nails. Um, On the last podcast, I mentioned the price and I made a mistake, so I'd like to make a correction. Uh, Pricing will be available once we officially launch, but uh, what I wanted to correct was that the pricing is going to be about a quarter or a third of the price of a salon visit. So it's much less expensive and uh, definitely a time saver and a beauty hack. So keep that in mind. Uh, Today, that's all we're going to talk about uh, nails. And I have a guest for our show today. Uh, She is the owner of a business called Get It Moving. And she's going to talk to us about her experiences through her career and what has led her to her current success. Hi, Hi. Oh my God, it's working. Okay, great. So thank you for joining us on the third episode of Sexy Boss Babe. And you are currently the owner of Get It Moving. And what I wanted uh, you to share with the listeners today was just a little bit about your experience um, throughout your career as uh, working in fashion, uh, entertainment, and then making the move to starting your own business. So um, let's let's talk a little bit about your fashion experience. And I know you said that um, it started off because you had a family member in the industry and it was just kind of the natural thing. So and I know that happens to a lot of people is they get into a career because it's the most natural thing to do. So share that with us. All right. So uh, I'll start at the beginning very quickly. My parents started their company in the garage of our home in Cheviot Hills back in the uh, late 60s. And by the 70s, my mom had sort of uh, created a niche, uh, uh, actual uh, fashion. It was junior fashion, which didn't really exist in California. It was uh, kids and adults. And so... I grew up as a little child with my parents, you know, both of them as partners. And when I was 14, my mom brought me to New York and basically said, you'll be working with me and I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. That was my entree into the, uh, into the fashion business. And uh, when I left high school, uh, I went to FITM, Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and I started working with my family and, um, they basically to, to teach me a lesson. There was no like nepotism in that in that uh, scenario. It was I worked my way up in that business, and I was so resentful at the time, but I'm so grateful now. So no special and, treatment um, made you work hard. No, no <laughs> special treatment. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll never forget. You know, people just assumed that because I had the same last name that it was all going to be like my empire. And um, I just knew that not to be the case because I knew I wasn't going to stay there. Right. And, and so you had mentioned, so your parents had a, had a pretty strong reputation in the industry. And... and Yeah, and they still do, actually, which is so great because they've survived this industry, which has been extremely tumultuous with everything, you know, all production going overseas. Right. So they're still in the business. And I decided to leave in, I believe, 1994. I was just, you know, I just knew it wasn't for me. I'd had my own clothing line. I had had fashion shows and a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of attention that made me a little uncomfortable, to be honest with you. And I felt like I had to sort of outdo myself and outdo my family. Uh-huh. And so in 1994, I left the fashion business and set my eyes on what I, you know, what I always wanted to do was, was to work in the film business. So let me 
ask you and... real quick. So leaving the fashion industry, I mean, you walked mm-hmm. into an industry and a, a career that was pretty much cookie cutter ready for you almost. And you could have just, Uh-oh. you know, grabbed onto your parents' coattails and just made mm-hmm. and you didn't. You decided to totally do something different. Leaving must have been a difficult um, experience as well, making that decision to say, hey, I'm going to do something different. Um, what were some of your thoughts that went through your mind when you're making that decision to, to, to change industries? That's a really, really good question um, because I was so tired and, you know, I was young. I was so tired of being uh, Judy's daughter. I really wanted my own identity and I just knew I was never going to get in the fashion business. And, you know, people would say to me, you better be as good as your mom. And it was like a joke, but it wasn't a joke. And the pressure was just way too much. And, you know, I had finally found what I was really good at, but I just knew that in my heart, it wasn't where I wanted to end up. I had a long enough, uh, enough time in that business to know that I was good at what I did, but it wasn't right for me. And so when I left, you know, it's all I knew. I mean, from the time I was 14 up until I was 26, 27, that's all I knew. So that's scary to, so, to be in something for so long and then, you know, just decide I'm going to do something different and this isn't, this isn't for me. It takes a lot of courage to recognize that and then make the moves to make the changes. Yes, thank you. I mean, it was really, it was, it was terrifying and, you know, it was somewhat devastated because I really thought I had the world by, you know, the world in my hands and I was very quickly, very quickly, it was shown to me, you know, like, I really have no idea what I'm mm-hmm. doing. I have no film experience. I did not go to film school yet. And here I am trying to embark on this industry that uh, my last name meant absolutely nothing. And it was, you know, A, it was humbling. So, you know, at the end of my fashion career, I was at a desk and every, you know, I, I showed up with a line for, you know, for fabric and approvals. And I went to starting at like, the bottom of the barrel of the film industry painting sets. And I'm not saying that's the bottom of the barrel, but I'm saying that I, I was lucky enough to get in at a, at a low, at a, at a lower level. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was eye opening. It was a rude awakening and it was very humbling. Mm-hmm. Very. Cause I was like, you know, with six figure income to no income working on free. Right. Films. So what were some of the, aside from the monetary challenges, what were some of the other challenges just building your way up through the industry? Because from what I remember you telling me, um, you started uh, with with designing some sets, but then you also got into production Mm -hmm. and then casting. um, And Mm -hmm. and with all the recent, you know, talks in the media with the Me Too movement and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. what were some of your experiences just in general as a woman and making your way through? Mm -hmm. Is it as difficult as everybody says it is? Is it... More well, so- yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. I didn't mean to cut yep. you off. Well, first of all, there is a big difference in the film business, the TV business between above the line and below the line and below the line is everyone that works under production. And, you know, so I, you know, I will, I will say it was difficult. I didn't know anyone in the business. I, I bumped into someone. I worked on a couple of free films. Um, it was very difficult. It was somewhat like for me, it was, you know, I was thrown into, I was very lucky. I got, I got a film that that was for Showtime, but I was, you know, and so like any business, I believe, you know, we make these connections with people and we have to stay on top of it, but to break in was, you know, sort of, you know, I, I got a little, I got a, there was a little opening, but it was really uncomfortable. I didn't know anybody, you know, when one is working on a production, whether it's TV or film, you're kind of thrown into this dysfunctional family where everyone has a position 
And I just basically learned on the job. Hmm. I learned about the art department. I learned about, you know, not my, it's not my department, quote unquote. I learned what to do. I was very good at what I did because I just, whatever I do, I put 150% into it. I'm not going to do a half-assed job. I'm going to, if I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to do it all. No, I think that's, I think that's great. And one thing that you just, um, you just touched on was that you might've not had the experience or the background and you just kind of threw yourself, you just did it and you learned it. I'm, I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit that way too. And I don't let the fear stop me. It doesn't mean that the fear doesn't come up. Um, oh my gosh, what if I mess up? Am I, you know, do I really know what I'm doing? But it's doing it in spite of the fear. So I'm sure it's similar with you. What's some of your thoughts and feedback on that? How did you decide I'm going to do this? And who knows if I'm going to be any good at it or not? Right. That's a really good question. Again, I mean, I just have learned because I had a powerhouse family that just took risks and not all of them were great that I just, no matter how anxious I am and how paralyzed with fear I am. And I just have to, you know, want to back up and say, as a kid, I was so paralyzed with anxiety and fear. I was terrified to leave my home. Like I had, I just somehow learned that I, if I, if I was going to do it, no one was going to help me. And I had to at least give it a shot. And so walking through the fear, I mean, I can't really describe what that process is like, but my attitude is I'm going to show up anyway, despite how I feel. I think that's such a great piece of advice because I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, women and, and, and men in general, I think that people become debilitated by the fear and the fear yeah. um, over consumes them and it, and they're not able to move forward. So it's, it's great to hear some right. of you that has gone through, you know, different experiences in, in your career and you just charge forward. I think that's a really good piece of advice to give people in general. Thank you. And I will say, you know, it was not with the support of my family. They were pissed off that I, I left the company, even though, you know, I was, go, you know, it was really my, my position was sort of being phased out in the industry anyway. And I felt like, you know, if, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I listen, I love my family and we're super tight, but I did not feel like I was supported by them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, part of it was like, look, I'll show you. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, it's almost like, you know, it was a challenge. But I, you know, I also know that my first thought is not necessarily the truth. And I have to go with what feels right in my gut. And, and I just learned to exercise that muscle a little bit. Does that make sure, sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And oh, and one more thing I wanted to say, like, you know, today we're, we're really fortunate. It, we're in a society where, you know, we can talk about our feelings. We can talk about challenges. There are forums. There's there are therapists, there are groups, there are, you know, online, you know, for the bad, there's a good. And back then, like, I wasn't really talking about it. So I was just kind of just moving forward, despite how I was feeling. But like, I think for anyone that's paralyzed with fear, it's really important to find, to find their people, find your people, find, find a, find your friends or find a group, find your dream team, anyone that will support you and help you walk through it. No one has to do it alone. That's, that's a truth. great piece of advice. Um, and that's something that I've been trying to do more so in my life, but it, it, it is exactly what you just said. Find your tribe. Who are the people that are going to be supportive mm-hmm. of you and be around those people. And if you don't have, right. find it. Yeah. It's like, find your people and grab onto them and don't let, don't go. let go. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I like, I pick my friends. I basically stalk my friends. So they become my <laughs> friend. And then, you know, like I pick, they don't pick me. I pick <laughs> 
I think that's, I think that's awesome. I've been doing that more so um, in the last few years, I think too. And uh, I, I'm very happy with, with the people that are around me and I feel very thankful and blessed as well. Um, Right. I wanted to, I wanted to back up on something that I touched about, you know, the Me Too movement or how difficult it was in the entertainment industry, you know, without getting into too much description and, 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 you know, too many, too, uh, like my thoughts on the Me Too movement, which thank God that women can now speak up. It has always been like that. I'm very fortunate. I didn't have a lot of ultimatums, but then again, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an actress and actresses are more prone to that kind of, you know, what, what was expected at that time or still, unfortunately, till up, up until recently, or even still, but I had to deal with a lot of it's the boys club. I mean, the art department, it's the boys club. It was always the boys club. And I just kind of learned how to navigate through it. And um, instead of use what I felt, you know, I mean, listen, it doesn't hurt to have a pretty face. I'm sure. not going to lie, but I don't, I mean, or, you know, easy on the eyes, if you will, but I never really used that to get where I need to get. Like I knew that I had to prove who I was by a personality right. and be um, my, my, uh, my determination and commitment to whatever it was and, and see, you know, to, to be a team player and like anything, being a team player is really important. I may not like the team, but I got to learn how to play, play with it. And, and, you know, I had a couple of instances where, you know, there was a really inappropriate director and you always slapped my tush or I had an actor, you know, kiss me as he walked off, you know, walked off the set, the scene. And I thought, oh my God, he just did that in front of everyone. <laughs> and I actually, first of all, I said something because I was so I was horrified. And also I was like worried about what everyone thought, but that, but I have a big mouth too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit by and allow anyone to decide whether I'm going to have my career or not. I think that's you an know? important thing that you just said. What you said is very empowering. You are deciding yeah. that you're not going to let someone else dictate if you're going to have a career or not. And you're using your Absolutely. voice. Um, yeah. I, I think that's something that that's bothered me a little bit about the Me Too movement. I don't think anybody should abuse women or abuse anybody or abuse their power to get what they want and whatnot but I think that in general we have a very strong voice we just need to use it so it's great that you knew that about yourself and and you exercise that right I mean you're not going to see me doing a hashtag me too anywhere because first of all I'm like a lone wolf I'm not a big joiner of any but you know you know I also you know I have I have a whole other set of thoughts about that I don't even want to start but I love an offline conversation about that Yeah, most definitely. But I mean, I will say, thank God that women can speak up and men. It's not just women. I agreed. I've, I've heard so many you know? stories um, on on the on the male front as as well uh, being taken mm-hmm. advantage of. And it's not just the entertainment industry. It's every sure. industry Agreed. where there's power, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I'm not saying that in all scenarios, but it is an unfortunate. We have the choices, and if something is not right for us, we get to walk away and and know like we can we can dictate how this goes down. We can find another gig. We can move into another area. We can get up and try again. I just don't think that anyone should let one experience take them away from their dream. Period. End of story. I love that you just said that. That um, 
that you're the director of your own life. And if you don't like the narrative, don't like the story, walk away. Yeah. Change it up. Reinvent. Change it. Right. Um, so let me ask you one, one, uh, final thing. Um, if, if you could give all women one piece of useful advice that would help them in their career path or life, what would it be? Well, uh, I would say, you know, if you believe in it, take action. If you really believe in it, take action. Don't let anyone stop you. If someone try, you know, if there's a scenario that stops you, find another way in another lane. And, you know, and I will say one more thing about two more things about that, that if it's not working, we all have the ability to reinvent ourselves, whether it's going back to school, whether it's following a dream, whatever it is, we can reinvent ourselves as many times as we want. But like, like, you know, like I talked about the way I handle my business, it's either you do it, do it, you know, hundred percent or do it at all. I don't think half, half measures avail nothing, if that makes any sense to you. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's a good uh, note to end on. Um, and so your final, uh, um, uh, what was the word that you said? Uh, recreate your life? Reinvent. You reinvent. Um, is uh, you started a business called um, Get It Moving. Get It Moving. Get It Moving. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and then we'll just end there. I am a professional organizer, a moving relocation specialist, and I'm also a home manager. So I basically help people organize their entire life from, he- from A to B and everything in between. I think everybody needs that. <laughs> I know. Everybody needs somebody like you. Everybody needs a Jackie. <laughs> I always need someone to help me. So I, I know that when I'm helping people, they, we can get it done. That's really interesting. And um, I, I saw your, your Facebook uh, video. She's got this really cool little video on Facebook that shows oh um, a little clip of what she does. It is a day in so the life. Hilarious. Yeah. I, no, I loved it. And I love that it, it, it was the gangster rap background. What was it? Dr. Dre. I just, Dr. I love Dr. Dre. Yes. <laughs> Whenever we come into a new home and we're going to line the drawers before the clients move in, we, uh, the chronic or Dr. Dre is Snoop Dogg. It's hilarious. It's a juxtaposition. No, it's great. I absolutely love it. What um, can, can people look at your Facebook page and, and, and look that uh, video up? Yes, they can. You know, uh, it's under my personal. Pa- oh, yeah, actually, it's under Get It Moving LA. Yeah. And then also um, uh, I have Instagram, which is Get It Moving LA. Get It Moving LA. So that's your, yes. for, for both Facebook and for Instagram. And what's your- correct? And my uh, website is getitmovingla.com if anyone wants to know a little bit more about what we do. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and share some of your uh, insights and and wisdom and advice. And uh, hopefully it'll help some of our female uh, listeners uh, to take charge of their lives and follow their dreams. I hope so. And thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. And I can't wait to see more. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Definitely. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a great night. That was Jackie Knapp, everybody, owner of Get It Moving. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is at the sexy boss babe. Website www.sexybossbabe.com. Subscribe to find out when our launches and to receive discounts. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Thank you.